Welcome to the week two edition of the News and Records HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Serrera from the News and Record. I'm joined by a fellow News and Record sports writer and high school's reporter, Spencer Turkin, who uh, as of now is the new voice of Savannah State football. And we'll be wrapping up uh, his last edition of the high school huddle on ESPN Triad Radio on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, Spencer, we've got some good games to talk about this week, starting with uh, our number three ranked team, Northwest Guilford, at Western Guilford. Yeah, Northwest Guilford, uh, it looks like getting Trey Turner and Thomas Hennigan back this week. That's a scary duo. Saw the tweet on Twitter that those two are back. Uh, have not received official confirmation mm-hmm. yet, but you know you know how it works with these guys. Twitter is the official confirmation arm of all of our high schools now. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and believe the Twitter accounts. And, uh, you know, look, anytime you get those two guys back, it's a, it's a big deal. And they played yeah, really definitely. well against Smith. They surprised a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we all thought that they would win, but we thought it would be a closer game. And they just came out and put their, their, pedal, uh, their foot on the pedal and, and took care of business. And, yeah, the and final I, score looked a little closer than it was. That game was 30 to nothing yeah. early in the second quarter, like a player two into the second quarter. Final score is 44-26. But uh, as you say, you know, a lot, of, a lot of talent there. And if you can add those two guys back, yes, they are practicing. I think with both of them, it's going to be a, a wait and see how they, how they look uh, through Thursday this week, whether they go on Friday. Kyle Finney still uh, in the concussion protocols there to see when he might be back. I doubt that he'll come back this week. I think they're going to be a little more cautious with that. Uh, but I fully expect Northwest to take care of business this week. Uh, Western uh, able to start with a win, uh, something that uh, that is great for that program yes. over there. I know there's been a lot of flux in that program in the last mm-hmm. few years, so to see them start with, with a W is always a good thing. But uh, I think Northwest is just going to be too much for them to handle. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on any of that. Um, you know, Western is trending upward. Adam Clay, second year in the program as well, second year as the head coach. He was an offensive coordinator there. Uh, good young quarterback, Mikey Kennedy, who's only a junior, had a nice game against Moorhead in their opener. But as you say, they're, they're not quite at that level yet. And I think it's probably going to be another year or two before Western Guilford can compete with a, a very good 4A team like Northwest. Next game we want to talk about, number seven, Eastern Guilford at Southeast Guilford, one of two teams tied for number five in our poll this week. This this is a very interesting game, I think, for a lot of reasons. Um, Eastern Guilford uh, was four and one last year before the injuries really hit that team hard and uh, knocked them back a bit. And the one loss in that four and one start was a decisive one to Southeast Guilford, and that was at Eastern Guilford. So uh, you turn it around, you played at Southeast this year, and I would think that would tend to favor the Falcons a little bit. But this is a good Eastern Guilford football team. Uh, two, two quarterbacks that they play a good bit. Bryant Barr, senior. Dominique Graves, a junior. Uh, they've got a lot of athletes on both sides of the ball. More depth than Coach Doug Robertson's had in, in the program. This is his fourth year. Um, Southeast, another team playing two quarterbacks. When they want to run it, or at least make you think they're going to run it, Tavares Best, the senior's the guy. When they want to throw it a little bit more, Sophomore Ryan Douglas, a big, strong-arm quarterback who can run a little bit, too, is the guy they want to have in there. And then you've got a senior running back, as they always seem to have, a dependable kid in Miles Fairley. Smart kid, good football player. Um, this should be a very interesting game. I feel like Miles Furley is uh, is like a tenth year senior already. He's been <laughs> around forever, and and Fritz yep. just continues to use him and use him wisely. This game should be interesting. Uh, I know that you and I both picked Southeast Guilford in this mm-hmm. one. Um, 
I just I'm leaning on Fritz here to pull this one out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's that this these are the kind of games the Southeast usually finds a way to win just by playing physical football. Uh, and dominating the time of possession. Dominating time of possession, frustrating the other team, making the team the other team feel like they've got to hurry when they get the ball back. But again, you know, a very a very good game, you know, and uh, Doug Robertson's predecessor at Eastern Guilford as a head coach, David Hines, is is uh, Fritz's top assistant at Southeast. He knows that program well. You know, obviously different kids now, but there's a lot of similarities between the two programs, and uh, this is just a really good non-conference matchup. The kind of matchup, you know, you want these teams playing good out-of-conference games, and, and this is a good example of one here, and a, and a nice little rivalry. Next one we want to talk about, Southeast is one of the teams tied for number five in the poll. Page is the other team tied for number five, and they are playing at number nine, Northern Guilford. Page coming off of a, uh, a disappointing and frustrating loss, Northern Guilford playing their opener. Yeah, and Northern Guilford uh, got a simulated game in against Andrews last week, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. They did on Wednesday uh, last bo- week. Both teams uh, had the bye week to start the season, so they took advantage of it and got an extra scrimmage in, which uh, I commend both coaches for realizing that that's mm-hmm. what the schedules were. Two new coaches in the area right. and taking full advantage of it. Uh, uh, you know, Paige really disappointed me last week. Uh, I'm not even going to beat around the bush. Uh DeVore Holman and the War Eagles have been on the hot seat since Coach took over. And, yeah, Davy County, yeah. And to and to lose by giving up 23 unanswered points in the fourth quarter is just flat-out unacceptable. And Kevin Gillespie will be the first person to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you have Javon Leak and Will Jones, you can't lose to teams like Davy County. It can't happen. And in order to prevent a season like two years ago, at Page. When they lost to David County. Yeah, you have to beat Northern Guilford and you have to beat them convincingly. Yes. And, you know, I picked Page mm-hmm. because they're the 4A school and they have a game under their belt and they have the size and the strength, mm-hmm. at least in the skill positions. And yet, I'm not 100% sold that this team is going to be able to turn the corner. Yeah. And, you know, there, there definitely have to be some concerns there. Um, you know, Coach. Kevin Gillespie after the game basically told his team, "You're better than this. We can't play like this." You know, we'll see if that that turns out to be true this week. My problem with that is he he told us and the kids that the same exact thing two years ago. Yeah. Every week, oh, we're better than zero and six. We're 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 not an zero and six team. Well, it, it got to the point where like, you were an zero and six team, and and no one could understand why, including us two. We could yeah. not figure it out. And sometimes there are just those underlying factors that you don't see until after a season. And I hope that that's not the case this year with the Page Pirates. Yeah, I think the concerning thing for Page is is the score from that Davie County game. That their defense gave up 39 points. They lost some guys on that defense from last year. Elijah Diarasuba, Jeremy Level, some other talented guys. DeAndre Overton played back there at times in the secondary. They, they did lose some talent back there, James Ellis. But giving up... 39 points to Davie County with the talent they have back is not a good sign. The one thing I will say comparing the team to two years ago is the quarterback position was very much in flux two years ago. Will Jones came in up from JV about halfway through that season and uh, was a deer, a deer in the headlights for the first couple games. Was hanging onto the ball too long, taking a lot of hits. Uh, they've got an established quarterback. They've got an established running back. They do have some talent on defense. Unless there is some sort of underlying issue there, I see them bouncing back. You know, Northern's a wild card. You know, Eric Westberg's first season as the coach, 
They had five first or second team all area, HS Extra all area players last year. They're all gone. It's, it's a lot of new players. Uh, the two guys who I and most people who've seen them practice or play think could be the biggest factors. Uh, running back Myron Frazier and receiver defensive back Jordan Lane. Myron Frazier was playing against them for Southern Durham last year. Jordan Lane came in right before the season last year, so they're still relatively new to that program. And you know, we'll, we're going to see if the Northern Mystique is still there with a new coach and some of the same players. What do they say? If you can't beat them fairly, join them. And Southern Durham had to forfeit that game eventually, so yes. uh, you join them. <laughs> Correct. And, and, and Myron Frazier is a very talented back. If they can get him the ball out in space, he, he's got a lot of uh, elusiveness, but he's also a tough kid who runs behind his pads, and, and he could do some good things for them. But you know, when one of the two teams hasn't played a game and, and has a new coaching staff and hasn't played a game, they're, they're a wild card. They're, they're a mystery at this point. And like you, I pick Paige to win the game, but nothing would surprise me either way in that game. That, that's one. I'm going to be at that game, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens up there at Northern. Another game we want to talk about, number 10, Grimsley, back in the poll. It's number 10, Grimsley. It's been, been a while since the nice Whirlies ring ranked. Joe. Yeah. yeah, and they are at Southern Guilford. Grimsley 1-0, Southern Guilford 0-1. Uh, this is the ESPN Triad game of the week on Friday night. Uh, the story here, obviously, we've talked about it, talked about it. Grimsley coach Daryl Brown spent 11 seasons as, as the coach at uh, Southern Guilford, school where the stadium is named after his grandfather, C.K. Seiler. I mean, th there's all kinds of family history and, and tradition there, but he's back as the Grimsley coach. And, and I know you know that that's not, not his focus, and it doesn't, he doesn't want that to be his team's focus. He says it's not his focus. He says it's not his team's focus. But let's face it, Joe, anytime you're in a situation like this, it's a lot easier to say it's not your focus yeah. than to actually make sure it's not your focus. And if you were to go up to Daryl Brown and say, oh, do you really not think that he's going to look at you and you're going to know that he's out of his mind. Yeah. The bottom line is, is that you've got to... You've got to know that that's going to be on his mind. Sure. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I think the best he can hope for is that it's not on his team's mind. That, that yeah, he's going to be thinking about it and he can't help it. But that his players, that it's, it's another game for them. It's week two. They were a little bit sloppy in their opener. 22-6 uh, to six win at Ragsdale. The six for Ragsdale came with about a minute to go. But uh, a couple of fumbles, a snap over the punter's head, a, a bad snap on an extra point try. Those are the things that are a little bit concerning in uh, Grimsley's opener. But there were a lot of good things, to, a lot of things to like about that team. Uh, they played hard, hallmark of a Daryl Brown coach team. Uh, found some guys who were playmakers on defense who were not factors last year. Uh, senior defensive end Canyon Duncan, who was a linebacker last year, had a fantastic game, including a pick six. Uh, one of the great names in the area, Jeffrey Jeffries Jr., uh, linebacker with a number of big plays. Uh, Corbett Weathersby, a strong linebacker on that team. And then, of course, there's Breland Faison Walden, uh, a great player who is headed to Penn State. So there's a lot of talent on that team. But uh, Southern Guilford, another team that's in transition. New coach there, Earl Bates, who uh, had a great season at Moorhead last year, came down to take over Southern Guilford. Uh, tough lost for them in their opener at home, 20-16 to 16, to Eastern Guilford. The defense is what is going to have to carry that Southern Guilford team while they kind of get things together. Uh, of the 20 points they gave up last week, one was a, 
uh, a turnover of their 16 points. One was a fumble recovery return for a touchdown. So their offense is definitely going to be a work in progress. They lost a lot of players on that side of the ball. Um, I think that the edge that I would give Grimsley in this game is that right now they're probably a little farther along and have a little bit more experienced talent than Southern Guilford does. Uh, and I don't think that Daryl Brown is leaving without a W. Yeah. I, I just don't think he's going to let it happen. Yeah. And, and the, the funny thing about this is, is uh, Grimsley has gone down there and won in the past. They, they've given that team trouble down there without Daryl Brown as a coach when Pat Neal was coaching them. So it'll be an interesting game to watch, uh, one for people to look forward to. One other game we want to talk about this week, uh, a matchup of a team that is in our top ten this week against a team that was in week one and dropped out without playing a game. The team we mentioned earlier, Andrews. Andrews has not played yet. They are at number eight, Southwest Guilford. That's a high point rivalry game. Uh, Southwest has won that game the last two years. Uh, the wild card again here, new coach. That's a, a theme in a lot of these games. Andrews, uh, an alumnus, John Patterson, who uh, played back at Andrews in the 70s, uh, is the new head coach this year, taking over for Rodney McCoy. Uh, he does have some talent back, although not, not a lot of numbers. Two very good running backs, Travis Steele, who was the second-team HS Extra All-Area back last year, a uh, running back slot back, Jamari Palbusa, who's also very good. Uh, they are not going to be running the wing tee, which was a uh, Rodney McCoy staple, but from what I've seen of them and from what Coach Patterson told me, they run a lot of very basic stuff, but they will run it out of, out of a number of different sets, a number of different looks to try to uh, get the defense moved around to where they want them to be, where they might be vulnerable. Even some stuff where Travis Steele is a Wildcat quarterback. So they're, they're going to show some different looks than they have in the past few years. The key for them, the thing that might give them an edge in this game, is they have a very, very good returning defensive line. Two guys in particular, uh, Tyrese King, 6'3", 335, and moves pretty well. And Trevon Bonner, 6'3", 250. If they're going to beat Southwest, they're going to have to get a lot of penetration and pressure from those two defensive linemen and some of their other guys on defense. Southwest is a good team. You know a lot about them. Southwest is a very good team, and they've got a decent-sized offensive line. Uh, and and Jaron Rainey is just a kid who can make things happen. I mean, he, he's, he's long, he's thick, he's strong, he, he's smart with the football. Uh, Eric Rainey, his father, has a lot of things at his disposal when he's got Jaron back there playing quarterback. And the bottom line for me is that that's – that's the difference, is that they've got Jaron Rainey as the quarterback. Yeah. You know, it should be a very interesting game, as we say. That, that, that has become a very good high-point rivalry. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for our uh, scouting report on games for this Friday. Do want to mention that uh, on our predictions in the first week, Spencer with the early lead. What? What? <laughs> going 13-2. and two. Uh, A half-game lead. I went 13-3. and three. The difference was uh, Spencer did not... Pick the Dudley game because he was broadcasting that game, didn't want to uh, show any favoritism beforehand. So he takes a half game lead into uh, week two. For our scouting reports and our predictions, check out hsextra.com after 4 p.m. on Thursday and the Friday print edition of the News and Record. And for recaps of Friday's games, Saturday's news and record, FridayNightsHSExtra.com is the place to go, Spencer. And also uh, make sure you're on the lookout in Sunday's papers for the Luke Vasovic Rydell uh, Mini Helmet Player of the Week. Uh, we'll be giving out a green 
News and Record Mini Helmet that says 2016 Player of the Week. And then the end of the season with ESPN Triad, we'll be combining on a Chrome Helmet uh, uh, to go ahead and give that away. And, uh, uh, and the hashtag to vote every week, hashtag Triad Chrome 16. Triad Chrome 16 is the hashtag to vote on Twitter. Send those votes in. Let us know who you think, uh, who you think should be the Player of the Year. Last week, Player of the Week was Dudley quarterback Hendon Hooker. Swept it. With uh, a lot of uh, very nice numbers in barely a half of play. This week, we'll find out who it's going to be. And you can follow Spencer and I on Twitter. Spencer, it is... At Turkin35. And for me, it is at Joe Serrera NR. Thank you for listening.